And welcome back to another episode of From the Stands. We are going to hop right into mega moments of the week. And normally I go first, but I'm not going to today. I'm going to let Jack go first. All right. My mega moment of the week is the mill throw. In an absolute thriller in the Iron Bowl, Alabama topples Auburn 27-24 to with under 45 seconds to play on fourth and goal from the 31-yard line. Milrow danced around in the pocket, couldn't figure out what to do. He probably had seven seconds back there before launching an airstrike to the left corner of the end zone where Isaiah Bond caught an incredible touchdown to stun the home Auburn crowd and win the game. It was absolutely electric, and to be honest, it ended in very Iron Bowl fashion, and I was cheering for Auburn, but it was really, really cool to watch, and that is my mega moment of the week. Auburn students were very upset. Very upset. <laughs> yeah, out there. I can imagine. Um, I will go next. My mega moment of the week is the Michigan Wolverines, and more specifically, Sharon Moore, for the way he coached that game. He outcoached Ryan Day in that game. Um, both teams were playing with... Obviously, J.J. is better than McCord. There's no question there. But when it comes to quarterback talent in the in college football right now, there's a lot of guys that I would place above J.J. and even more guys that I would place above Kyle McCord. So I don't think the disparity there is as big as some might think when it comes to coaching because on Ohio State side of the ball, you've got Maserati Marv, and you didn't have that same talent on the Michigan sideline when it came to wide receivers. Sharon Moore made a couple gutsy calls on fourth downs in that game, converted them all, had a great game plan coming in. Clock management was fantastic. Um, and he just found a way to get it done in the absence of Harbaugh, and I applaud him for that, and that is why he is my mega moment of the week in the biggest game of the college football season to this point and probably the first playoff game of the year. All right. This one's easy. My mega moment of the week, I'm doubling down on a pick earlier, but I'm taking Jaden Daniels. I mean... A&M. Pop off his meat. <laughs> another another 350-yard, four-touchdown performance against the number eight defense in the country. Against the head coachless Texas A&M Aggies. And yes, I looked it up. It's the number eight defense in the country. And... Just one one great performance after another all season. He can't help his defense sucks. I think he's the Heisman, and he's my mega moment of the week. All right, well, I'm taking for I the first stop. time in for the first time in years, my Matt Canadaless Pittsburgh Steelers offense. Kenny Pickett in the first game without Canada throws for almost three hundred yards and he should have had a touchdown if Deontay Johnson was a competent receiver. Najee Harris woke up and realized he weighs 240 pounds <laughs> and can run over people and actually ran like a, a first-round running back. Pat Fryermuth had an absolute dog day. Over 100 yards. We should have been throwing to him all season because the other guys are either bitching, they're not getting the ball, or they're dropping it. So, Pittsburgh Steelers, we're going on a playoff run. We're probably going to make it to the AFC Championship this year. That's my mega moment. Of the week. Wow. All right. I love I this is one of my favorite segments because it's so much fun to just hear the disparity in, in what we choose to pick and why. And it's one of my favorite reasons, favorite segments and favorite reasons why we do that segment. All right. With the mega, 
has to come to mid with the good. There is always the bad. There is always the yang to the yin. And or it's the yin to the yang. Yeah, yeah, yeah I fucked that up. Man, I was doing good. That there. doesn't mean what you think it means. Mid moments of the week. Mid moments of the week. Just like that speech was. All right. Who wants to go first? I, I can do it. Oh. Oh, you got no, no, no. All right. Well, for my mid moment of the week, it may upset some of the panel members here. But I'm going with 38 year old LeBron James getting beat by 44 points. He didn't get beat by 44. The Lakers did. Who's the leader of the Lakers? Some would say Anthony Davis. Anthony, <laughs> just kidding. Just you kidding. wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. Just kidding. All jokes aside, he got his ass whooped. They got their ass whooped. And if you're going to be considered the goat, you can't take those kinds of beatings, no matter how old you are. Yeah, Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jordan's never done that. The Lakers have sputtered to start the season, like usual. Even though I think they're doing well in the tournament, right? They're, they're the number one. They're, they're the number one. They're the number one seed in the West. So in the typical LeBron clutching, clutching up when it matters. Bingo. But they're still sputtering in the what regular season. What happened to foreigns? <laughs> uh, won't go there. Forty-four it's points. That's five five mid moment. The mini mid moment of the week. Uh, I love that. Hey, Joe, I love that mid moment. I'm so I glad you brought were, it out. Um, all right, what? One of y'all. I'll go last because I have one that I want to bring up. Like, just say like. Is it Josh Dobbs? Yes. Yeah. The <laughs> are pass or not? No, his engines failed. Jo- yeah, Josh Dobbs pissed me off this week as a Vikings fan. Four interceptions. Two of them weren't on him, but that's not my mid-moment. My mid-moment of the week is continuing <laughs> off of last week, and I'm going to keep picking on them until they, win a f- until they win a game. The Pistons have lost 14 straight. <laughs> How do you lose 14 of your first 16 <laughs> games? In an, NBA, in an NBA where it's pretty... Like, there's a lot of disparity. A lot of teams are winning different games. There's no horrible teams except for the Pistons, who lost by double digits to the 2-14 and 14 Wizards last week. The only bright spot on this team is that Asar Thompson looks like an all-defensive player. He looks great. He looks really solid. Can't shoot for shit. Has a horrible jump shot. Watched him airball three threes against the Wizards. But he's great on defense. Caden looks... Whatever, but this team is bad. This is one of the worst teams I've ever watched, and they're in contention for one of the worst teams in NBA history. They got to figure something out, or they're going to the G League. I'm bringing somebody up, and they're going to the G League. You're bringing somebody up. Yeah, it's my choice. All right, Silver. Um, all right, there was a few ways I could go with, with my men moment this week, but <laughs> I got to pick on them because I fucking love to. The Aints, the New Orleans Saints. Taking an L this week to my Atlanta Falcons, which was beautiful for me to see. But as a an avid football watcher, somebody who comes to this and, and speaks not only my opinion, but has to talk based off of facts, the Saints should be three games ahead of anyone in the NFC South. In five and six, there is no reason that we should be in first place. We've lost some games we should not have, we should not be in first place. The Saints came into that game, albeit without Michael Thomas. Oh, Lord. Boo-hoo. You're without Slant Boy for only the 38th time in the last 44 games. Um, knew he wasn't going to make it through a full season, but we can – that's a, a topic for another time. Um, they came in 
Defense played okay for them. The offense was just absolutely atrocious. Derek Carr's red zone play this year has been some of the worst I have ever laid eyes upon when it comes to quarterbacks. I think he has the lowest touchdown percentage in the league this year. At like 44% or something like that. His red zone completion percentage is dog shit. And how are we not getting Alvin how are they not getting Alvin Kamara the ball they in are. that spot? He's still, he's still like running back seven in fantasy after missing the first three, four weeks. But, I mean, they're just not scoring. Uh, they kicked six field goals, five field goals. They kicked a lot of field goals. They kicked goals. five field goals, actually kicked six, but missed one of them. So, ended up being only five field goals made. That was, that was the only way they scored points. Even after being in the red zone multiple times, Derek Carr throws a red zone pick six to that boy Jesse Bates. What's he wait? Um and the Saints just absolutely sputter out of control in that game and give up a division that everyone thought was pretty much wrapped up with a bow for them uh, when they got Carr in this offseason. They're playing bad football. When the offense is good, the defense is bad. And when the defense is good, the offense is bad. And that's not a good recipe to win games. They're sputtering out of control. And the Aints are my mid moment of the week. Just a, a fun fact I saw about the NFC South. They're so bad, the NFC South, that the 1-10 in 10 Carolina Panthers are still not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs and winning the division. It's true. <laughs> it's a fantastic division. My mid-moment of the week is more, is less based on this past week specifically, and it's more like a culmination of a bunch of weeks over the course of the season. I'm taking Bill Belichick. For years, for decades, we were like, this man is God. This man is unstoppable. Who will ever coach better than this man? It wasn't him. It was just Tom Brady. It was just the GOAT on the field, not off the field. Or I mean, Bill Belichick is still technically on the field, but you know what I mean. Yeah. As soon as Tom Brady leaves, he has a losing record since he went to Tampa. You made the playoffs once with Mac, but this year you're the third worst team in the NFL, only better than the Cardinals and the Bears. The Bears and the Panthers. The Bears. And specifically this past week, you bench Mac for the fourth time this season. You score one touchdown, and you lose to Danny DeVito, Tommy DeVito, Danny DeVito, and the New York Giants. And they only gave up how many points? Ten points? You've given up ten points in back-to-back weeks. They've given up only 10 points in back-to-back weeks and lost both games. It's a pretty solid defense. Yeah, it's solid. It's just the well, offense. That's what's what Bill's known for is the defense. I have a, I have an interesting segue. But. Whenever you finish. Yeah, you Bill, Bill, you're getting exposed. Jump, jump ship while you still can, or else you're just going to sink with everybody else. That's my mid-moment of the week. Beautiful segue into overreaction, underreaction. Do you think after this season, once inevitably Staley gets fired and Belichick leaves, do you think he should continue or do you think he should pursue the Chargers job? Bill? Belichick? No. Yes. Yes. That is a perfect team for him to coach. I think that'd be like a really solid fit if he were to leave the Patriots. The Chargers have an opening. They've got the defense. They've got the talent on they've defense. Got the they have all the pieces they, got, they need. They've got all the ta- all the pieces. I think it'd be a really The only thing you'll probably season. not have next year is the Chargers is Austin Eckler because you're not going to pay him. Yeah, and it's not. I mean, if you got a good offensive line, you can get pretty much any 
running back, and he'll be serviceable. He'll be solid. And they'll be, yeah. Draft a running back in the second round. Plug and play. So With Herbert, with Keenan Allen, I think Quentin Johnson, with some help, could still become a good NFL receiver. You'll get Mike Williams back. You can address that need in the draft if need be. Um, I think that's the equivalent of, like, the Bucks were to Brady, just the perfect just perfect the fit. Slide right in. Just I'd be very – the Chargers would be a dangerous team next year. And the opportunity to coach against a guy that some are now considering the greatest coach of our generation Andy twice Reed. a year, and Andy Reid. Be a cool challenge. Be a pretty you, – you, Bill would have the opportunity to do what Tom did. You had a ton of success. You won all these Super Bowls. You set records. Okay, Tom leaves because he's like, I'm tired of everybody saying I can only do it with Bill. He leaves. He finds the perfect scenario. He wins, Right. Bill's whole world crumbles because you not only lose Tom, but you lost Gronk, and then you lost a few of your running backs, and then you had guys like um, on the defensive side of the ball getting older, like Gilmore, and you lose a bunch of these guys, right? And now you're in rebuild mode, which is something Bill Belichick hasn't been in in over 20 years, right? You don't really know what to do. You don't really know what to do. You know how to coach. You don't know how to, how to coach from behind like this, how to build a program up. You know how to take a, a good program and make it a great program, and I think that's what he could do in L.A., and he could finally prove to people, yeah, Tom was a big part of the success, but he wasn't all of it. My, my brains, my coaching ability, my coaching style had a lot to do with it as well. I think that's a perfect fit for him. I got another. Go ahead. What's your next one? All right. Overreaction, underreaction. Should the worst thing in the world happen and Alabama beat Georgia this weekend? Which it will. Should Texas uh, should Texas carry handle their business and beat Oklahoma State? And should Florida State handle their business and beat um, Louisville? Louisville. And then it doesn't matter who wins the Pac-12. They're in regardless, pretty much. Should Alabama and Texas jump undefeated Florida State. So Alabama goes in and beats the number one team in the country, 29-game win streak, defending two-time defending national champions. They would obviously be in. There's no world in which an SEC champion doesn't get in, right? So they jump in. But with mm, I'm that, not sure about that. I, I don't think, let me, let me preface, I don't think the committee would do that. I think the committee. And they love Alabama. They love Michigan's the in. Well, you're Michigan talking about, you're now talking about Michigan's in. And then let's say, let's Let, say, hold let's on, say, Michigan's in, Florida Oregon. State handled business, they're undefeated ACC champs. Washington wins. They're in. And Washington wins. Washington wins, they're in undefeated, right? And then you've got... Alabama and Texas. And one loss, Georgia, and one loss, Ohio State. If you put Bama in, you have to put Texas in. Because Texas is ranked higher than them because they beat them at home. Texas has the best win, the, the most impressive win in college football this year, beating Alabama in Tuscaloosa. That is the most impressive win of the year. Regardless of anything else, that is the most impressive win of the year. If Bama gets in, Texas gets in. That's unless they lose. Uh, that's not that's not how it's gonna work though. It is. Should, that's, that's exactly because that's what they're telling us by keeping Bama behind Texas in the rankings. That's they're, they're not both us. gonna get in. They won't both get in. Well then there's no way not if because who are you Florida gonna State kick out who, to are you, who are you gonna kick out of those top who are you gonna kick out of three undefeated conference champions? Florida State. You, 
What's I think Florida what's the State's going to lose. Florida State, Florida State, because they have a, they don't have a court. Like I know it's not fair, but it's not fair to Florida but State. And I'm it's not, not fair to Florida State. I'm fans. not even talking about fair. We have that's unprecedented. Alabama even and when Texas it, are even, better football teams. Even right when now it happened Florida to Ohio State, State when um, was it? Wasn't Braxton Miller that year that went no, down? It was JT Barrett. JT Barrett. Even when JT Barrett went down, and now we're talking about isn't that when Cardell Jones came in? Yeah, twenty. One that natty. We're talking about an unproven guy nobody knows of, Cardell Jones coming in. But we're the also, committee knew that. The committee did not remove Ohio State. There would be absolute outrage. You cannot take a thirteen and zero, undefeated, ACC champion, and go. Well, they lost their quarterback, so the that automatically means that they are not competitive. We're taking them out, and we're going to put a one-loss team in. So who goes over in? them? So who's the four seed? Knowing the way the committee has just sucked them for years, and the fact that they are the SEC champ, which carries a little bit more weight, I think Alabama would end up at four. I guarantee, one with one hundred percent certainty, unless Alabama wins by fifteen plus. If they both win the fo- if they both win their games, Texas will remain above Alabama. I guarantee it. If they both win their games, Texas will remain above Alabama. Unless Alabama wins by thirty, then they'll jump them. But if they both win, you can't you can't make that uh, judgment because they beat no, them so that means at, on the road. That it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be so crazy because then that means you're looking at the number one team in the country also only has one loss. Yeah, coming in their Georgia's conference not, out. If Georgia loses, they're done. Unless some, it would take it would take an Washington, Oregon win. It would take a Washington win, a Louisville win. It would take a yes. It would take a Washington win, a Louisville win, probably an Oklahoma State win. An Oklahoma State. No, win. I think it takes an Oregon win. No, because then you can argue that Washington was also because a currently, win. well, currently Washington. I don't think that game. In. I don't think that game really matters. I think whoever wins that game is in. Whoever wins is in. Whoever loses is out. Correct. So if yeah, Michigan, they, no Michigan wins, take care of business, gets the one. Let's say Washington wins, gets the two. Then you have um, an, an SEC champion, Alabama, probably gets in. You'd need a Texas loss, and you'd need a Louisville win. But then the argument comes down to a 11-1, no champ, Ohio State, or an 11 or a 12-1, and or what is it, would it be 11-1? 12 and 1. Yeah, 12 and 1. No Georgia. champ, Georgia. And I, obviously, I think it should be Georgia, but with the recency of the loss, it might end up being Bama. Or you have it. I don't know. I mean, we have seen a world where an undefeated Georgia lost to Alabama and the champ, and both teams made it in. The difference between those years, like the Ohio State year and that year, is there's so many good teams this year. There's so many competitive teams in the hunt. There's never been eight teams that can make the college football playoff with a week to go. With three of them not playing, pretty much, or two of them not playing. Ohio State's not playing. Who's number eight right now? Bama. I'm, like, Bama's playing. Is it Bama? Mm-hmm. Who's who's not playing? Ohio State. Somebody else. A- anyway, anyway, there's never been so many good teams that are that. We'll see. It's going to be really like these games are really important this year. They're normally, depending on who it is, they're no. Sometimes they are not. Ohio yeah. State takes it out. Well, Louisville's number fourteen. Oh, yeah, they dropped off. Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State. But you Oregon. see what you see what the committee's trying to do. It's very interesting. Tennessee is not the twenty first best team in the country, 
but they want to keep Tennessee ranked to give Georgia that edge uh, or Alabama that edge because they both have – it will be a top 25 win, so they're keeping them in. They're keeping Ole Miss so high. Ole Miss is not the 11th best team in the country, but they're keeping them so high because Alabama and Georgia both have wins against them, and they want the SEC in the playoff. That's how they want it to be. Um, I don't think there's a world where an SEC team does not make the playoff Exactly. This year. Exactly. Which is that, and that's what makes the Texas thing so hard. Texas is screwed because yeah, Texas t- doesn't have a statement win besides the Bama game, and and if Bama jumps them, then you have to like they have to get dragged by Bama into the playoff. That's the only way they get in is if they get dragged by Bama into the playoff. I just Texas don't think is it'll a happen. Huge Bama fan. This well, you don't think if I don't um, think it'll you happen. Think if if Georgia wins, yep. Michigan wins, yep. And Washington then, wins. Yep. And then Texas wins. You don't think Texas gets in if, I, if Florida I, State loses? loses? I do, but it's a much harder conversation because you have. No, I don't think it is. I think it's in. I think it's better for. I think it's, it's a hard better conversation for, in general. I think it's better for Texas if the top three teams win. Win, yeah. But I think it's more. I think it's there's more scenarios. It's, it's going to be a happen. lot. It's going to be a lot harder. It's going to be a lot harder if you're Texas. To win, right? And then the team you beat win their SEC champ, which in everybody's eyes is always going to, at least right now, carries more weight yeah. than a Big 12 championship. Especially against and the it always has. team who lost to we, South Alabama. We have seen that progressively over the years. It always has. It's going to be very tough to go, okay, Georgia lost, so Michigan automatically moves up to one. Washington wins. They go from three to two. Okay. Now you're looking at two open slots, and let's say FSU, to make this shit really interesting, wins. Mm -hmm. You've got an undefeated FSU that was already five. It was already five. Already two spots better than Texas and one spot better than Bama. Are they fifth? They're fourth. They're fourth now. They were fifth last week. They were fifth last week. Oh, they moved them back to? Yeah, because Ohio State State lost. Okay, so they're fourth again. Okay, so now... The top two teams have moved. The top two and three have moved up to one and two with a Georgia loss. Yep. Now we're talking three. In what world can you justify taking the fourth team in the country going into championship week? You can't. They just won their SC, their their respective conference championship. How do you move? How do you look at the first two teams and they both moved up one spot, and you take the fourth and you bump them back to fifth and let. That's what I'm saying. There's so there's no there's, I'm not saying, there's I'm not no saying way I'm, there's that's what I'm there is no way in no world will Texas make the college football playoff if Bama wins. You mean if FSU wins? If Bama, okay, if Bama and FSU win. Yeah, it's just so They have no shot. But if Georgia wins, they stay. Michigan wins, they stay. Washington wins, they stay. Yep. And FSU loses. And Texas takes care of business. Texas is four. Texas is probably in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Texas that sounds like the best thing to me is Texas going to be in the SEC. That's probably the best thing for them. Oh, 100%. 100%. For, for Texas, it's the best thing possible. Cause Absolutely. Especially with a 12-team playoff, it's going to become, there's no way the SEC runner-up doesn't get in. Like, that's how it's going to start. And even might be even the third best team in the SEC with you know, let's say your two losses, like if you're Texas next year, let's say you lose to Georgia and you lose to Bama next year, right? And those are your only two conference losses. There's still a good chance as a 10-2 and two team losing to two teams who will more than likely be inside the top 10 
that you don't make the the football yeah, playoff. Next either. year, there's going to be seven at large bids instead of six. This this is the problem I have with the college football playoff. Everybody's like, oh, the twelve team playoff is going to be so perfect. There's always going to be a thirteenth team. Always, there's always going to be teams left out. It's there's always going to be that conversation. And yes, better teams are going to get in, but it's just going to be an excuse for a three loss like. The the twelfth best team in the country right yeah, now. Yeah, but I think it, be, it gives more teams more to play for because there are a lot of teams that are good that are right on that cusp of being like ultra competitive with these huge powerhouses that never truly get a chance because like a they State. might lose they I might agree. lose one game. Right now the number twelve team is Oklahoma. Do you take like let's just say let's just say for instance, let's just say LSU is the 12th team because they're 13. Let's just say they're 12. Are you taking LSU right now against who would jump in? Tulane? Yeah. Are you taking LSU against Tulane? So the 12th what best team mean? is still beating these teams that are like sneaking. Like, yeah, like if we, cause if we were last if, week, this if conversation we were, would be so much more fun. If we were 12, we would play the lowest ranked conference champion, which next year will be the group of five champion because there will be four. Major conferences, Correct. instead of five, it'll yes. be ACC, Big Twelve, Big Ten. No, I think I think the I think the power five, the group of five team comes in at twelve, unless they're ranked higher than twelve. I think they come in at twelve. The highest ranked or the highest ranked group, group of five, five champion. I they, yeah, I think they come in at twelve. I don't think I they think, come in. I don't think they get a buy. The thing I like about it is well, you're going to have some. The like number five team doesn't get a buy. The top yeah. four get a buy. I know, but what I'm saying is they come in at the fifth seed. Like they don't get a buy, but they don't get or they come in at the twelve seed. They don't get a buy. But they come in at that's at least from the like when I see like projected college football player. Oh, I see what you mean. They come in at twelve. I see what you mean. I think it's going to be it's going to keep a lot of very good competitive teams still in the hunt, still playing for something in weeks eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Even if they have one loss on their schedule during the season, because a lot of these teams, it's college football. It's very volatile, right? A lot of these teams are good. But they get caught on an off day against nine times out of ten a rival. They lose that game, and then they're like, "Well, fuck! What are we even playing for anymore?" And with because the, we're, there's no a, way we're making with a twelve the CFP with a twelve week season and a fourteen playoff. There's just no there's not enough time to to to, to make up for it to make up for to it. make up for it. And there's no room for error, which is not which you don't really see in any other regular season in any other sport. Th- you start off bad in the NFL. You start off Owen. Look at some of the teams like the Broncos, who started off one and five, who now have the opportunity to make the playoffs. So I think it'll be very interesting. Yeah. the The last thing I'll say about it is that I understand the idea that like, yay, Tulane's going to get in there. You're going to have an opportunity. You're like Ole Miss is going to have an opportunity in their competitive team. But it's also just like this is good as a Georgia fan or as an LSU fan even. Um, it, I mean, it's just going to present more opportunities for Alabama and LSU who have recruiting advantages um, out the wazoo and, like, are just significantly better teams. And if, like... But NIL has changed some of that. and it, It's changed some of it for sure. But, like, let's say... But, it, it, but outside, of anything, outside of anything else, it's going to be more football for us, the fans, to watch, which I think is something that everybody should be excited about. And I think that's kind of where we can... You know, all agree as fans, you're going to have more football to watch at the end of the year, and you're going to have some matchups that you normally would not see. With that being said, 
was a shorter episode for us today. Really wanted to just kind of get into the college football landscape as the playoff is approaching, and we've got the conference championship games this weekend. We are going to start hopping into the NBA a little bit more, um, especially with the in-season tournament wrapping up next week. We'll talk a little bit about that uh, next week as well. And then um, coming up on the end of college football season, the end of the NFL is not too far away, so we'll really be hopping into the NBA here soon. As always, we are out every Thursday morning. We appreciate you guys tuning in Hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all that hot jazz. We will see you guys next week. Peace.